Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest podcast, we break down the first two rounds of the 2018 U.S. Open and talk to Mike Miller about playing Shinnecock Hills. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. Well, why do they even have one if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. What is this, custom? Mine's off the rack. I wish Tiger Woods was here to help me with this. We'll do it live. Welcome back to the Golf Digest podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and I'm joined by Joel Beal and Chris Powers. We are coming from the Shinnecock Hills Media Center. Guys, um, it's been an interesting couple days, so to speak. What are your initial impressions? I got to admit, personally, I feel like it's been a little low energy in the first two days. All the sadists, excuse me, traditional yeah, that yeah. one of the old U.S. Open back got it, which there's definitely something to that. The, unfortunate thing is the in-person experience it doesn't make the greatest atmospheres there's only so much energy you can mm. conjure for hey you just made a nice four-foot bogey save there good to see um great I mean, honestly dj had it going this morning but because of the rain there wasn't many people out so not how many people really get to see it in person uh ricky fowler gave us a nice lauren brooks kepka turned it on but those are really the only I don't know, only exciting moments I can really think of the past couple days. Chris, what about you? What are your impressions? Right, like you said, very very low energy, which is particularly surprising with the New York crowd. And mm-hmm. There seem to be a lot of people out there, more today, even with the rain. But uh, the, the leaderboard is, it's a good leaderboard, and mm-hmm. it did not look that way early, yeah. earlier today. But it is shaping up for to be a, a strong weekend, and the crowds will obviously, obviously be much better over the weekend. So, you know, I... I think Dustin's playing really well. I wouldn't mind seeing Ryan's pick win, of course, but uh, I do want to see some guys come sneak from the back of the pack there and maybe DJ make a few mistakes and lead closes up a bit. I think Chris just had a good point. For, I mean, most of yesterday, or all of yesterday, I should say, most of this morning, the leaderboard really lacked firepower. You had DJ, I mean, I know Ian Poulter's a name, but obviously the guy who hasn't really done anything in majors. Literally the last two hours, though, now you have Henrik Stenson, Tommy Fleetwood had a great early run, Justin Rose, Brooks Kepka again, turned it on at his last 12 or so holes. It's going to be a Even though Johnson has a four-shot lead, there's going to be a lot of big names going this weekend, and honestly, one of the more blessed leaderboards we've had in major in quite some time. Yeah, well, you mentioned the leaderboard does look great when you look at all the names, but also in that last hour... Dustin reestablished that four-shot lead. Obviously, we saw what happened to Ian Poulter on the eighth hole, his second-to-last hole, making that triple bogey. That's why I like the U.S. Open so much, because at any turn, you know, no one's safe. Justin Rose gets up there to one under. He bogeys the last two holes. But I see your point, Joel. From a an in-person spectator standpoint, it, it's not, it does lack a little excitement. It's but, more fun to watch on TV to kind of watch yeah, these trailers. You hit on the best point there that, you know, at a normal tour event, if Dustin Johnson has a four-shot lead, you know, just hand him the trophy, whether they're mm-hmm. on the 12th hole or right. they're on the 10th hole, like at FedEx, the St. Jude, right. he was going to win that event. We're here tomorrow, Sunday. There's 
you know, danger at every corner here that Dustin could quickly come right back to the pack. Yeah, he could have a four-shot lead going yeah. into the back nine, and it'd still right. be must-see theater. So that 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 does add a level of excitement if you want, you know. Yeah. If you want to see a triple bogey, it yeah. does. It does add. Yeah. If you want, right. I mean, if you don't want to see triple bogeys, you don't. You know, don't turn it on. But, but that, I mean, that Poulter. That was thing crazy. At the end was, that was the most exciting part awesome, of the day. Awesome television. Honestly. I mean, no, if, I mean, no, no. It's, it's not like we were rooting against Poulter, but it, it could have been anybody. It was just kind of exciting. He got within one shot of the lead. Blades a bunker shot, chunks a chip into, and then it took that last little tumble into the high grass. I mean, it was. And it gives you a new appreciation for tough. Dustin's two days so yes. far that have been, yes. you know, no big mistakes by the, Dustin. Admittedly, I was on the range when that happened, but you could oh. hear the O's coming yeah. from that part of the end. It's the exact you, opposite of the Augusta National Roar, right. so you could tell what goes <laughs> right. on. Oh, what could, awful thing just happened! On could this you hear That's me? Could you though. hear me laughing? Because I was laughing. I couldn't help it when that ball like just tumbled into oh, the. I mean, I chunk. felt bad, but you just had to laugh. Another guy who c- collapsed at the end. Not that he had a chance to to win or anything, but but Jordan Spieth. You know, the, the afternoon, the sun came out, the wind came down. We saw Justin Thomas kind of joking about it on Twitter. He kind of got the bad end of the stick there. Um, Jordan Spieth looks like he's going to miss the cut. Birdies four straight. And then he bogeys the last two holes, which again, I love this about the US Open. You just you can't feel safe. And he misses the cut by one. I mean, what what is it's going the roller, on? The roller coaster ride of Jordan Speed. Yeah. Which we saw at Chambers, obviously, yeah. down yeah, the stretch. That's true. Yeah, it looked like he was gonna sneak in the cut and then uh it's going home early. And in one fashion, good for him for not throwing in the towel. The fact that he was even if he made the week of clear, it was gonna be out. The fact that he was still grinding that late, good for him. But yeah, it really is going to use this troubling trend of what's going on with this putter. And yeah, oh, yeah, right, exactly. It, at this point, it's not just an aberration. We have enough data to say this is really because it, it went, goes back really to last May, and the fact that you know Birkdale kind of takes out a little bit, you know, the not right. exactly tough greens there. Right. Um, he, he really showed with the PGA Championship, and then as we saw, he made that nice run of the Masters. But I mean, that course is just his playground. Really, mm-hmm. outside of that, he's not put it well this year. It kind of begs the question: What really lies ahead, and what corrections need to be made? Because this is not the Jordan Spieth we've seen the last six, five, even, six years. Even when he tries to turn the corner this year, like with this, this four birdie stretch, right? And he three putts seventeen, and then I mean he stubbed a chip on eighteen, and then missed a short putt to, I guess, save par. Right. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what what his issues are right now. Well, another guy struggling with the putter, obviously, is Tiger Woods. Um, you know, we kind of expected. You guys are right. I feel like we're, about to, we're having a week right now. For... Well, you know, we expected him to make maybe some big numbers because of loose shots, especially mm-hmm. off the tee, and, and he did give us a few of those. But really, it was the putter. I mean, even when he made that opening triple yesterday, he could have made the putt so for double. He, right, uh, his four putt really. Yep. You know, after he grinded through about a ten hole stretch, he had that four putt that really got him going. Uh, poorly again and and then today of course he makes those final two birdie putts from about 10 feet those are the first putts he'd made in since the players championship really he didn't make anything at the memorial either so you know what is this just one bad week or or are we worried about his putting i mean when you look at when you look at some of the names that miss the cut that makes you feel a little bit better sure sure about his week but and he, he you know it wasn't that bad with the driver uh, no, a couple, couple of wayward ones that yeah. have led to some ugly numbers, but yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Obviously, it, it stinks that first two, if the, another two majors are passed, yep. and Tiger yep. missed the cut of one and right. kind of just you know right. plotted through the Masters for tied for 30th or whatever. But, right. 
I'm not too worried about it. The punter does worry me because this is three out of the last four events where he has a real struggle yes. with the short game. Wells yes. Fargo, Fargo. players is okay, but really, really bad on Memorial now here. It's 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 concerning because most of the other facets of his game are really good right yep. now. Didn't the, the the iron game wasn't great this week, but that again was kind of universal throughout um, throughout throughout the field. But the putting, um, and it's not even because he's getting put in bad positions. He actually came into the week ranked fourth in strokes gained approach, so he's getting it done in that fashion. It's just it. I, I know people mentioned he should go to a mallet. That is not the easy fix people think it is. It, it really comes down to mechanics. It comes down to, I think, just confidence too. Multiple people have pointed out that in his heyday, Tiger would, if he missed a putt, would be two feet by, three feet by. He could be aggressive because he knew he could make the comebacker. Now he's leaving all these short because he doesn't want to leave himself that. And I think that's that's even worse. He, he's giving himself. He's already put himself in that two putt mentality when this is a guy who was really good at, at grinding stuff out and really scrambling, turning those bogeys into pars. And that, that's the thing. If you're trying to think what's the next step for Tiger to make, it really needs to have confidence with the, the it, plastic. It feels like years ago now, but it was this morning. They went off ten. Yep. And he. Stuck one yep. to three feet, yep. and it like caught the left side of the lip and went in. And it he was like it. Right. he was almost relieved, and he was a little confused. And it was kind of like he looked around as in like as if someone threw something at him. Yeah, it was. It was just pure. Whoa! whoa Should have been that? a sign of sign of things to come because it, I mean he could not get anything to drop, and it it didn't look like a confidence inspiring birdie putt by any means. Yeah, uh, another guy playing with clearly confidence. He had the the low round of the tournament thus far. Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, I know I'd signaled him out as a uh, singled him out as a 40 to one guy. I know I told you Joel my theory. I talked to Jeff Sherman at Westgate. I think he mm-hmm. changed his odds to 30 to one after I, I, I said, dude, 40 to one. That's too that's too low on this guy. This guy can play. And uh, sure enough, 66 today. What you know? Is he uh, you know he was hanging around all year last year at Aaron Hills. He's I mean he's a legit contender here, obviously. Yeah, and and one. One way, it's hard to make too many parallels, right? Talk about opposite ends of the spectrum, Aaron Hill, so what we've seen through two days at, uh, two days here at Shinnecock. But that being said, he's got the big-time experience. Um, he's really played well the past four or five months. Uh, in terms of uh, approach game, which is it's funny, coming in this week, everyone thought it's really going to be accuracy off the tee that's going to get it done. It's, it's proving kind of the, it's the second shots that are really determining who's, who's making moves. Um, Fleetwood's a guy who... I mean, Really, outside of maybe Molinari and Speed, he's one of the best iron players in the game. Um, yep. Putting has historically kind of been his Achilles heel, but so far so good for him. Looking at that leaderboard and how the Warriors are supposed to play out the rest of this weekend, I, I think he's got to be on the short list of who can give Dustin Johnson a scare. It's probably for me. It's Kepka then to play Fleetwood. And Ke- Kepka hmm. did match his 66 oh, today, Kepka, obviously. Sure. So. You know. he, he's kind of forgotten as a defending I, yeah, champ. It's crazy, right? I mean, what miss miss some time, obviously. Yep. But then he did come back, played well at the Colonial, yep. I believe. And he had a 63 at the players. He had, three, right, he had yeah. three, three 63s in a five-round span. And that was like at the players, like he might he might withdraw because he was his wrist was hurt again, right. and then he comes out and shoots 63. It just shows you the talent that right. guy has. So. Right. It's also the count out of nowhere. He was through 25 holes. Looks like he was going to miss a cut. He was seven over. Yeah, right. To go from there to only one over and five back, and as we just mentioned, a lot can happen over 36 holes. Right. Five strokes is nothing. Right. This is a. I mean, if, if anyone else is, I think one of the reasons people have cited the very DJ is kind of almost indifferent to the conditions. Brooks Kepka is yeah. right there in the same type of disposition and approach. Uh, I mean, man, 
talk about being lucky even those two go at it down the stretch on Sunday. So, But going back to your original, I think Fleetwood is in that short list of the guys who, who can really put some heat on Johnson this weekend. This kind, of, this kind of shows you how good the leaderboard is. We haven't mentioned Henrik Stenson. Yep. We haven't Rose, mentioned Rose. Justin Rose. We haven't mentioned Ricky Fowler, Rose. who had a, a typical – Fowler hit 13 or 14 fairways uh, and, and still made – Two bogeys and three birdies, I believe, and only shot one. He didn't under. puck great today. Right. He he should have he should have scored better today, especially because he was playing in that just perfect weather. Yep. Like Brooks, who, like you said, Joel was heading towards a potential missed cut, and then he birdied six out of ten holes when everybody was making birdies at that point. I mean, everybody, and that's when, you know, we talk about how quickly things can change, but they changed in a good way for a lot of guys because the wind actually died down for once. I mean, this morning it was Scotland here. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was cold. cold. It was overcast. It was rainy. It was, without looking at numbers yet, someone walking by said, I think the afternoon played two and a half strokes easier, which oh, is absurd. Yeah. And honestly, I'm surprised it's not even more. Yeah, the last two and a half hours, exactly. it was, it was, there was not a breeze in sight. Right. right. Um, that was random. And it's not like... This is a course that solely depends on the win as its defense. No. But, I mean, it, it, literally, just for iron play alone, it makes all the world a difference. Um, yeah. Because I think a lot of people think, well, it's not it's not this much even the left to right. It's the, when the wind gets behind you in a place like this, there is no chance of you of keeping your ball in the green. Yeah. That's what we saw yesterday on 10. Yeah. Uh, we saw that on 9, which is not only going uphill already, now you have the wind behind you, and it, it's just it's a mess. So... Uh, conditions are actually supposed to be pretty tame tomorrow as well, so it'll be interesting to see if we see some more 66s out there. But uh, yeah, it, it's it just shows you as, as much as we like to think it's you know up to the players. There are these kind of weird windows that happen in golf where you're kind of dependent on just luck of the draw. Definitely, yeah. I, I love Scotland, but I don't like Scotland here <laughs> in New York. I'm in just, June, I was York, kind yeah. of miserable. Of course, it's perfect right now. It's, I it's will glorious. Say, and what, the, the weekend big, should be, like you the said. The big ups of the day was Alex actually going I, outside hey, in the rain. Multiple you know, times. See, yeah. For my guys, I'll do it. <laughs> Tiger Miller and Tyler. Mike Miller, who we will get to in, in a little bit. Uh, first, I do want to talk about uh, one pretty cool story. I know, Joel, you wrote about him earlier in this week. Uh, Matt Parzial. Am I saying it right? Parziale? Yeah. yeah. The firefighter from Massachusetts who won the uh, mid-am, mm-hmm. uh, he's going around taking advantage of all his exemptions, and he's really taking advantage this week. He made the cut, birdied the last hole, didn't even need to do it, but he mm-hmm. birdied the last hole to, to do it. Joel, what? I mean, what a crazy story. Especially, I mean, this is the first year that the mid-am has been given an exemption into the tournament, so great right. that, that he's shown that. Mid-Am still are, you know, this wasn't a ceremonial yeah. spot. He showed he's a guy that deserved it. But you're um, a Mid-Am, so you're, this is big for you. <laughs> it is. I, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not getting ready to hang him up. Yeah. Uh, Powers, you're even a Mid-Am. What is it, 25? <laughs> no, 25. It 25? is? 25, yeah. Oh my God. You better get, start working like on your 30. game. Nope. You, could be yeah, one of the, you could be the young gun on the, the Mid-Am circuit. Yeah. Man, look at Poor Powers <laughs> in, a, in a dark place. That was a startling uh, no. revelation. Uh, given he, um, you could tell he really felt bad at how he played the Masters. He felt like he let people down. That mm. he has a very big following this week. Um, just drift up the road in, in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, he, he, this is a guy who he's not your typical mid-am. He was a pro for a couple of years on the main tour, but decided you know, that's not the route his life was taking him. Um, but for a guy who admittedly hasn't played much over the past two years, mm. the fact that he beat the likes of Jordan Spieth, Roy McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Jason Day. Yeah. It's so mopped them. Mop it it shows. It really does show the beauty of this game that there's no one right way to play it, and, and, and the fact that you know he, he showed he's got the game, and it'll be interesting to kind of see where he goes. For he still has the U.S. amateur left, but uh, hopefully this isn't the last we heard of him. Yeah, well, I mean, got 
They just put the Yankees on power. Yeah, good, I know. Good Gar- sign for us. Uh, must be getting late here. Um, <laughs> Joel, guy Joel just mentioned, yeah. and I saw up on the screen, three straight missed cuts at the U.S. Open for Rory McIlroy. Wow. Well, let, goes, let, let, let's be back. honest. These are not his conditions. These Scottish, no. you think about the Europeans, like Tommy Fleetwood and Stenson, who are up on the board. Mm-hmm. This and Rose. This is not. Rory, admit, Joel, you okay? Okay. <laughs> we just had a might have had an elbow injury here. Uh, yeah, these are not the conditions that Rory likes. He and and U.S. Yeah. Open's tough enough, but then you throw in these conditions, and it, maybe it's not that big a surprise for him to be going home early. Well, not only these conditions, but there's this tournament. Since his win, he's only had one top twenty since 2011. Yeah, at the Open. At, at uh, the U.S. Open, that was that was Chambers Bay, which I, I think as the years yeah. go by, that's going to be a tournament that doesn't have an asterisk, but it's a, it's hey, an a little caveat. It's an this is yeah. not well, yeah. a U.S. Open. But and congressional be. was kind of an outlier too. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. that's exactly the point that you know it was soaked that week, mm-hmm. and that, that was he could get a little wild to driver and get away with it. Looking forward, Pebble Beach really will be interesting because he's had a, a kind of a mixed record there, put it at best. Um, he had that the dreadful putting um, show yeah. this year. A pebble, and then wing foot, which is another course you really can't get away with um, getting yeah. crazy. Um, you know, there are a couple uh, places coming down the pipeline. I think Torrey Pines will be a place you can maybe watch, Matt. But with L.A. Country Club, Brookline, it's coming back here in 2076. Yeah. It's Oakmont. It's, I mean, this is going to be a real struggle for him the next seven, eight years at, at the U.S. Open. And it really... I'm, I don't know about you guys. I'm struggling because he's won four majors. Yes. But in a weird way... I don't feel like he's a complete player. Yeah. If you look at really the greats of the game, they do it at, at every major. And this is just one that, for better or worse, where the game's at right now, he doesn't have all the tools to get it done. Yeah, he was asked about, I forgot which U.S. Open he said it at, but he said some comment about how he's glad he has a U.S. Open already. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really want to talk about it. But you kind of can tell that he knows this isn't, a great fit for him and mm-hmm. that he got that one it's under his belt and he doesn't have to worry about it. now you know he gets the questions every year about augusta and everything else but he feels i think he feels confident he will win there eventually but yeah i mean if you look at his record augusta there are so many top 10 very solid even though he's not yeah. necessarily they're not two or three strokes behind if you right strokes, there was four or five but i think most people think he's he's still young he's yeah. you know people mentioned he's going to do this phil mickelson got his first major at 34 and it's cranked out crank out five after that so right. it's, it's, it's not like we're writing him off by means but just where his game at, at is right now is not what a number one player we think should have uh, you just said something about getting a first major obviously Ricky Fowler's the guy everybody's been looking at he had a decent day today he did what he needed to do he, it could have been better though um, you know for some reason people really liked him this week uh, he, he likes this course. He's come here, obviously, before a it's few favorite times. favorite course in the, in the country. Favorite, right. So are we pretty high on him this weekend? He has, you know, he has limited the damage, which is not not usually a strong suit. He usually uh, throws up some big numbers now and then. It kind yeah. of derails a lot of his better rounds. But to, there was a few times today he makes a birdie, then he makes a bogey. And it's like he can't. It's one step forward, one step back for Ricky. Yeah, Didi just homered. Didi a home run. <laughs> oh, he's back. Back to his MVP yep. ways. But uh, I don't know. You know, Ricky, we do this every weekend seemingly at every major with Ricky. So, In one regard, I feel like I'm talking to a wall right now, by the way. Was, you guys are, man, that <laughs> was a bomb. <laughs> but uh, with, with Fowler, it, you, you don't win the tournament on Thursday and Friday. That's it, I know we're kind of making much of the fact that he might have not taken the, as much advantage as we had hoped in the, in the late afternoon, um, but he's still right there. Um, 
for, for a guy who has con- constantly been asked, does he have what it takes to get it done? He showed the Masters he can get it done to stretch. Yeah. Uh, for him, uh, again, what, six back? That's that's not much to speak of. And um, depending on just getting that putter going a little bit more. And it, it, I know it seems tough right now the way DJ's playing, anyone's going to catch him. But we, how many times have we said that when when this guy gets going, right. he's unstoppable. The problem is no one's ever going all the time. And ever. DJ's not, even this year, not impervious to no. blowing the lead. No, a six-shot lead. In mm-hmm. China. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then another one, I forget where. He, he's blown two this year. And, he, and as Joel and I were talking about earlier, I mean, he was the 36-hole leader at St. Andrews a few years ago, and everybody just kind of handed him the Claret Jug, mm-hmm. and then he finished right. T-54. I mean, he completely fell off. So, yeah, this, this definitely isn't, isn't um, a lock for sure. Um, all right, guys. You know, enough about all these storylines. The best storyline of the week. Yep. Well, no, yeah. sorry. It would have been the best storyline had he made the cut. But no. Uh, Mike Miller, he is uh, from New York, from Brewster, New York. Uh, Chris Powers and I rep, rep the Met area. Uh, I covered this guy in high school uh, for his freshman and sophomore year. That was 10 years ago, I realized. So we had the 10-year anniversary of Tiger winning that last major of the 10 year anniversary uh, of me covering this kid in high school. And I finally got to see him again at a U.S. Open. It was pretty cool. Uh, I got to follow him around. He, he actually qualified for U.S. Open at Oakmont as well, but I, I stuck in the office that week. So it was pretty cool seeing uh, you know, a kid I covered in, in high school playing on the big stage, looking over at the ninth green and Rom and Sergio are there and he's just kind of swigging the water and acting all cool. Uh, so, you know, he, he didn't make the cut this week. He was actually very disappointed. He's won 10 times on the uh, Florida uh, min, uh, sorry, minor league golf tour, which is no small feat in itself. Um, you know, he's a very good player. And so we caught up to him after the round. I asked him about uh, the course conditions. I asked him to compare Shinnecock to Oakmont, which is usually considered the toughest course. And I asked him about a uh, really crazy slash embarrassing hole-in-one story yet. So please have a listen to our talk with Mike Miller. start yeah. kind of with the same thing sure obviously you're disappointed you had yeah. high expectations i did i did but what we can as a whole yeah. how do you I assess mean, it pretty cool yeah you know i mean I'm, i got to play in a u.s open in new york yeah uh not too many guys can say that being from new york um there was four of us from the med area which is even cooler uh i, I think cameron might make the cut which is uh you know kudos to cameron mm-hmm. I know, uh, like that's an accomplishment in itself and everything. Sure. Um, but for like me personally, uh, I mean, it stinks. Like mm-hmm. I, I really felt like oh, I could make a really big splash because of how tough it was. If you were able to grind it out, and right. Hit shots when you needed to, and just stay away from big number. And I think I had, you know, four or five double bogeys this week. And that right there, you're, you're done. You know, you just can't. You can't come back from that. Um, and I three putted three times, so like I, the U.S. Open got me. Like right. that's truly right. what happened. Uh, like I, it, it's like hurts your confidence because of how well you come into playing, mm-hmm. and then you walk away going, "Man, what do I need to change? Do I need, what, do, what do I need to work on my swing?" And it's like it's just hard. Right. Like if you're in the right center of the fairway, it's better to be in the left rough. I right. mean, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just really hard. Uh, I don't even really know what, what else to say. What you know? Can you really learn from what happened two years ago, or is it is it such a different tournament? No, no. Or you know what? At I, Oakmont, we're I talking thought about. Yeah. I was going to come in and be like, have experience because you have it under your belt, exactly. Yeah. And I'm telling you, until you, I guess, win one of these things, right. or you know, put yourself in contention, right. 
you would have no idea what to yeah. expect because we saw five different wins throughout the course of mm-hmm. Tuesday to uh, Thursday, and I'm including my practice prior to being like you know tournament week and everything. And then you get to Thursday morning, and it's the complete opposite. Uh, and it's wet, and it's cold, and you're like, oh my, now what do I do? Right. Uh, so you just really have to be able to adapt. Uh, and if you can't adapt, or if you're not firing on all cylinders like I wasn't the last two days, mm-hmm. you get eaten up out here. How frustrating is it when the conditions are that different yeah, yeah. than I mean, what you were practicing yeah, early in the week? When you step up and you're like, you know what, I can hit two iron or three iron on this hole, and, and I'm going to have a wedge in. And then you're like, well, now I have to hit a great drive and possibly a good six iron and it just changes the entire whole entire dynamic of really what's going on um and to say it's frustrating is like a really really good word because uh you know you get pissed and you get down and then you realize you're like oh, everyone's doing it right my entire group was uh i don't know if sebastian is gonna make the cut i think he's a plus 10 i don't think it's gonna go that high borderline yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was you know he was playing well right and uh and, he, and, like, I'm losing to him by five, and I don't feel like I should be. Right. Uh, you know, like, I'm like, man, I'm hitting it just as good, if not better, than all these guys, and they're beating me. And it mm-hmm. just, just goes to show how good you really need to be as a putter. Yeah. I mean, the round that Dustin shot today, I can't wait to watch it later. Yeah. Because that is true. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you come in to today after the opening 77, which mm-hmm. in those conditions was really not bad. Right. What what did you have a number today? Did you I were did. you thinking about the cut? I what, did. How you, I, I yeah. told if I could shoot 69, I felt like I could do it. Uh, oh, I 69 did it. would have made it easy. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Like I did it in practice. Yeah. Like I shot around out here last week, shot one under par, okay. and and really, you know, it's just not the U.S. Open. Right. You know, then you get out here and it's like, wow, this place is hard. There's people. There's everything. Yeah. And uh, it. I, I had a goal of 69, and I made a very silly mistake on one. I hit it long, and then hit a great shot into mm-hmm. two, and missed. Oh. And I mean, I probably had four and a half, five feet uh, oh. early in my round, right. right to get things momentum right. going, and I missed. Right. And that was kind of how my day went. Anything that I kind of had a putt for momentum, I missed it. Right. And uh, you just can't do that out here. I was gonna say, I saw you on 10, hit a good shot in there. Yeah. What 10 feet or Correct. so. What is there almost more pressure on when you give yourself an opportunity that you, like, you feel like you have to make it? It is, yes, that is 100% correct. Uh, especially yesterday when you had an opportunity to make a putt mm-hmm. and you felt like, wow, okay, I need to make this for birdie, you miss, and then today it's just magnified, right? You know, it's like almost like you need to make this because you feel like if I can get one to go in, then maybe they'll all start to drop, right? And that's unfortunately not the case, that yeah. didn't happen, yeah. Uh, your dad was saying you were hitting it really well. Couldn't get a putt to drop the last couple days. Is that kind no. of how you would assess it? What, what was the thing I that... It, I, I didn't hit it as, bad, as well as I felt like I could okay. have. Um, I don't know how many putts I had today. It sure felt like a lot. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't say that I hit it in the right spot. Okay. Uh, like when I missed one, I was in the wrong spot pretty much everywhere today. Uh, even like uh, a few times when I had the putter in my hand, mm-hmm. uh, you'd really don't want to be there. Uh, You'd rather, like I said, be in a bunker or something because you know you can spin it, get it right, close. Right. Where I'm constantly trying to two putt and try to get it close off a slope, and that's really no fun. What were the holes that you, you know, before you teed off, mm-hmm. were in your head like these are the tough holes, these are yeah. the ones you're worried about? Uh, number two, two, and yeah. I ended up hitting it to like five feet. Oh, so, and then number three today was playing super tough, in tune off the left and raining. 
and that was really no fun. Uh, hit driver three iron on that hole, and in practice we hit driver seven iron and driver wow. eight iron. So it's like just a completely different place. But on the back nine, number twelve uh, mm. gave me fits yesterday. Nearly hit it out of bounds and made a great five. Where today. I felt like if I could just get something in the fairway, the irons felt good. I just was struggling getting the ball in the right yeah. position and ended up making a great par there. So mm -hmm. it was almost like the tougher the hole, the better I played, and the easier the hole, the worse I played. Uh, but I guess there's really no easy hole in a U.S. Open. I was going to say, what, what are the are there holes that you, in your head that you're circled? You're like, yeah, number 10 today. Yeah. I, if I hit it in the fairway, I knew I was going to have anywhere between 85 to 100 yards. Right. And I feel like I can get it close there and ended up hitting it to 10 feet and missed. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the frustrating part. And then the back nine, there's a short par four. I think it's down the hill. I think it's 13 or 14. 13, yeah. 13, they moved the tee up. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. and you're, one of your guys went for it. One of the guys yeah. in the group went for it. I hit six iron off the tee just to find the fairway, and I hit it one foot in the rough. Yep. And now you're playing defensive. Yep. Did uh, you think about going for it there? I did, I did. At that point? Uh, I just didn't feel like I could cover mm -hmm. the trouble if I missed one. Uh, and that just, it, I knew I needed to make a move. Right. Because uh, I was at 12 over at the time. Right. And, you know, if you're going to do anything, now's the time. Right. And ended up making four, which didn't kill me, but uh, it wasn't good enough. You shot 77 yesterday, but again, Tiger shot 78. Rory yeah. shot 80. Do you look yeah. at those things and say, uh, it's kind of cool? You or? look at it, yeah. but at the same time, you're like, ah, that, you know, you know that inside, you could have done better. Right. Or, you know, it's cool to look up. Like, I was hitting balls next to Tiger three days ago uh -huh. you know he's it's the guy that you got you into the game of right golf and right stuff. so that was cool and then i've met rory before so mm -hmm. to know that you know i mean shoot he's he's pretty talented yeah. pretty good so <laughs> i'd say to beat him that's cool but right. you know at the end of the week missing the cut wasn't the wasn't the goal or you know making the cut wasn't the goal but you know it's disappointing but i'll learn and move on obviously you know you told me you played with webb one day I did, you played I did. with ollie who you're good friends yeah, with yeah what what could you learn from any of those guys anything in, in those yeah i played rounds? with uh, tommy fleetwood oh uh, right yeah you had a great group I the did, other day i did mcdowell I fleetwood and, and lowry lowry wow and, uh i played nine holes with tommy and tommy's doing quite well uh yeah and <laughs> i watched how he struck the ball and how he kind of walked around the place and how he felt so comfortable uh and I don't know if it was like an inner confidence or whatever that was mm -hmm. kind of flowing out of him or something, but just the way he walked around, you just have to truly believe in yourself that you're going to be able to play because the minute you kind of second guess yourself, especially on this stage, if you hit a bad shot, like I said, it's just magnified by a thousand. Right. Uh, and Tommy, I mean, all these guys have incredible short games. Sure. Um, and that was one thing that I really walked away. You know, like you're going to hit bad shots. Mm -hmm. It's just how bad is your bad? Right. And can you get up and down? And unfortunately this week, I didn't have the flat stick working, which you can't have not working at a U.S. Open. Right. Yeah. Obviously this is a you know, American Lynx course and yeah. we've had this kind of Scottish weather. Did those European guys kind of make it, you know, feel like they were uh, kind of at home in that round or? Not really. I mean, uh, I mean, it's probably felt pretty good when they're, it's raining a little bit and it's yeah. a little cold. I mean, they grew up playing in that, but like I said, it's just so difficult that because uh, you need to fly the ball into the green. You can't okay. really. Okay. So run not running up. No, right. Right. You can't really run the ball up. If you could, if you did, you really couldn't get it close. Yeah. Uh, so that was one thing that I learned is that you definitely be able need to know how to flight it, work it, and to get it get it to stop. Sure. Uh, but like I said, just kind of in the bad bad position last you know last couple of days and three putted and then it's magnified even more. 
Oakmont usually gets called the toughest course, but yeah. how does this stack up to Oakmont? Obviously, you're factoring wet yeah. wind and yeah. stuff too. But. Uh, I mean, I would like to say this place was was harder than Oakmont because I think I shot higher. Right. But, uh, at the same time, maybe in calm know. conditions are similar. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I would say that Oakmont was a bit slopier on the greens, which made it uh, a little tougher to get mm -hmm. the ball close. Where here, no matter, if you hit it in the rough, Oakmont, you could at least advance the ball out of the rough. Here, you couldn't right. You couldn't advance the ball. The rough was so thick and mm. matted in so many different ways that you had to seriously just take a wedge and try to go back into the play. Mm -hmm. uh, where Oakmont, you could at least kind of hit it down the fairway and kind of catch a slope and get it towards the green where mm -hmm. here you're just kind of going out sideways so i would like to say this place is tougher but <laughs> yeah. you know I, they're both pretty tough with the way the conditions came out these first two days is there any way that you would have prepared different differently or coming with a different no, game plan anything no, like that i don't think so i think you just need to execute better mm -hmm. uh, i feel like i made a really nice game plan you know never going to play too aggressive never going to play too pat like you know or, or i should shy away i was trying to go for a lot of the middle of the greens and kind of make good form or good pars and the minute you kind of miss or you turn it like I said it's so severe up to the sides and the edges it's just kind of rolls off in the middle of nowhere right yeah. uh, obviously I covered you as a high school you this did. is crazy this is 10 did. years later in the yeah. open I saw Luke Fian out there okay. and he was, it, was, it was like a yeah. reunion of sorts um, yeah, I saw a lot of kids I went to high th school I bet with, yeah. I bet yeah so you're you know this was a great like you said almost a home game um, but to everybody else kind of catch up what what has been your this year how have you been playing where have you been playing and, yeah and so this uh, this winter went down to Florida had a good winter I mean I won a few times down there uh, playing the minor league tour and mm -hmm. stuff which just gives you confidence to say you're going to play well and just move forward and then went Monday into a web event and right. finished 11. 11, yep. Uh, and then kind of everything kind of happened quick. Got on a plane, came home for locals uh, and tried to get back on a plane and play in a web event which I learned real quick that those guys are good so you can't really do that. <laughs> right. uh, and, and then came home and kind of just rode some momentum and mm -hmm. ended up qualifying for here and uh, I was just talking to Ben, my manager, about like what's next for us and uh, probably going to go to Canada and mm -hmm. kind of finish out the year up there and hopefully try and go and make a splash and honestly win because if you win, you move on and you end up right here. Right. Uh, and this is where I want to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, wh where would you, obviously you, you didn't go to, you dropped, sorry, not dropped out. You turned pro quickly. Yes. Yeah. Um, how would you, you know, assess your career thus far? Is this where you thought you'd be? Is this where? I didn't. I yeah. didn't. I thought it would go a little differently. Um, you know, I can't really say that it, uh, it's gone the route that I thought it was yeah. going to go, but I, I'm understanding how much of a process it right. truly is. Because at first I didn't really like when people told me it was a process. Right, right, but right. it is. I mean, the guys that come out and they make a name for themselves, they're truly one of, you know, there's one of every class. Right. Uh, where... I know guys that have fallen all the way down and now they're back playing Canada and I just haven't, haven't really made it through Q school. Uh, right. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I don't believe or don't feel that I'm going to be able to do it. It's just, you need to have three good weeks, mm -hmm. uh, at three different times in the year. Uh, and they just need to be on. And if right. you get in that top 40 and you get to the web, the web tour is based, based on birdies. Right. And I believe that I make, make a heck, a heck of a lot of birdies. Right. So you just need to be able to get there. And once you get there, it's okay. I, I was going to say, I mean, how many, a lot of people don't get the, the line, the thin line, because yeah. you, you've got, you've had a couple of really good finishes in web right. events, yeah. but it's, the trouble is getting in. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So is Q school the biggest, I mean, the biggest thing. Yeah, that's, your, that's yeah. where you put all your eggs in one. Right. And um, I've gotten to, get, had a few opportunities, gotten to go pretty much all over the world to play the game. I've uh, been to Asia, been to Australia, been to Europe, right. been to uh, shoot 
kind of anywhere to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's my game travels. That's the frustrating part. I'd love mm-hmm. to say that it, it's not there when I need it, but sometimes you just put too much pressure on yourself in order to like, you know, succeed, and you kind of lose uh, lose. I would say, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of lose where you're going, and yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't work out. But if you can somehow get through Q school and somehow get and work your way, and you know, this would have been a great week to make a splash. But like I said didn't work out and uh kind of frustrating in that end but it'll it'll work out i know it will what what's the one thing that's holding you back from that making that next jump uh that's a great question uh i mean probably my putting because mm-hmm. that was what let me down today okay. uh because i can believe i hit every shot with everybody mm-hmm. uh it's just kind of getting the ball in the hole quicker mm-hmm. uh and you could see it with the top guys when they putt well they win right because uh, they all hit it good uh and that was one thing just need to be able to, I would say, manage your expectations a little better because this is only my second major and these, sure. guys, these guys have been doing it for years. Sure. Uh, and there's a reason why it's so tough. Right. And I got to ask you about that yeah. hole in one when you jumped on the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's sure. probably what people sure. know, know you best for. Okay. So what, what happened there? Tell us. Uh, <laughs> it was a nine iron and uh, it was slightly downhill, about 164. And my uncle was on the tee with us and I made it mm-hmm. and he was like shaking me and he said, like, that's incredible. It's your car. That's your car. And I went to go uh, kind of do the rich beam in, right. impression and I went right through the windshield. So that, <laughs> that was uh, that was not my best move. But yeah. I mean, it was a Lincoln MKZ for two yeah. years and had to give it back. So, <laughs> so that I had to pay for the windshield. But other than that, it was a free car. OK, good. Yeah. And I got to ask you finally about the white ribbon, yeah. obviously. And you have a great golf family lineage and everything. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. So my, uh, my cousin, my cousin, sorry, my uncle Jimmy's battling uh, lung cancer, uh, mm. and Mark Ternessa, uh, sure. is, uh, part of my family mm-hmm. and the Ternessas are part of my family and a few guys, I don't know how many players ended up doing it, mm-hmm. but Mark kind of got a hold of the Titleist, uh, the Titleist reps mm-hmm. and they sent a letter and my name was included in it and we were just trying to do it to, you know, kind of push my uncle along. Uh, Mark's father passed away a couple of weeks ago and Sorry. my uncle is, unfortunately you know on his last leg and it was just trying to give him I don't know if we ended up getting on TV or not mm-hmm. or guys that are wearing him got snuck on sure. TV it's just one thing to hopefully keep him going and keep him smiling sure. and, and uh, you know I know he was super proud when I qualified and he would have loved to have been here but he couldn't travel and uh, it's just what it is what it is so hopefully he's watching and thinking and you know hopefully we made him proud and you know this is one more week that he'll get to remember. Sure. Well, thanks so much, Mike. Thank you. It's been you. great catching up. It's thanks. not going to be 10 years before I see you at another right. major. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. That. Thank, Thank you, Alex. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Take care. Thanks. thanks again to Mike Miller for joining us. And guys, uh, you know, before we wrap up here, let's... Uh, Let's go around the horn and kind of get our picks, our adjusted picks now. On what? Because Chris, I know you picked uh, John Rom for the tournament. Oh my God! And he he tied with Mike Miller. I by the way. Known, Fifteen over. Should have known that the difficult conditions would kind of uh, eliminate him before he even arrived. Because once he gets going bad, it's like mm. you know mm-hmm. the wine fest starts. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask that. I mean, with his temperament, what made you think? That <laughs> yeah, was I don't know. Stuff? I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> my logic was his. His good week at the Masters, maybe you know this is he, true. he yeah. was gonna actually yeah. he had a bad yep. season in the majors last year. Look at that. You know, showed up on Sunday at the Masters, but uh, you know, tough conditions, and he kind of checked out. It seemed 
couldn't get anything going. But so now that we get a second chance, I, I, again, a guy we you know I mentioned, but we still didn't really do anything on was Henrik Stenson. You know, major champion, great iron player, even part of a one over five back. Ton of experience. He's he's the type of guy that can that can push DJ for sure. I still can't tell if you're looking at the scoreboard or just watching the Yankees game. <laughs> no, I was looking at Spencer. <laughs> you know, for me, early in the week uh, when we did the preview podcast, I picked uh, Mark Leishman and Ricky Fowler, mm-hmm. and Leishman's hanging yeah. around. You got two guys at, hanging at, around, at three over, yeah. um, and honestly, Fowler. But if you're looking at the, at the top five guys, the one who we really talked about is Justin Rose, who's yep. Oh, oh, I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, Don't I'm worry. sure Myers will, will remind you. No, know, I'm just going to stop talking because you're the more articulate of the two. So <laughs> no, tell us why no. you like Justin Rose. Well, I've liked him for weeks. Yes. He was my official pick. Uh, there's no reason for me to change my pick. Uh, I like his posi- position, although I would have liked if he didn't bogey the final two holes today. He was sitting at one under. Um, you know, that, that definitely hurt him. But I'm just looking at the updated odds from our friend Jeff Sherman. Mm-hmm. Justin Rose is eight to one. That's the second best. Dustin Johnson two to three. Oh wow, that is insane. That's insane. With thirty six holes and at this tournament, that I mean that's insane. basically saying he's almost a lot. Right. And we're we're saying it's not in right? golf, especially. Yeah. I'll tell you one guy who also didn't mention who I just kind of want to watch see sure. and he he's a very interesting character. I, I think he adds a lot of color to the tour. Um, most guys like him. He's been, had a really nice year run, but. Charlie Hoffman, this is a guy who has been at every weekend major. There's always this weird vibe of, yeah, he's on the Friday leaderboard, but come on, are we taking him seriously? And he's unfortunately proved these critics and criticisms right. Yes, he has. But, I mean, if we're talking iron play as being a big deciding factor, Hoffman's right up there uh, with some of the best on tour. Um, His age, at some point, you think, if you're going to bank on experience, what he's seen through... It's almost like getting the reps. At some point, if you keep staying there, you, you think you were going to eventually break through. So uh, just in terms of seeing the, the storyline play out, I know Hoffman's not the most intriguing of yeah. guys, but just for a guy who's been there so many times, it's be interesting to see what he's learned from, the, from these past fails. I think it would be a, it would produce an epic celebration for him. We've seen oh, some goodness. fire from him when he wins. Yeah. And he was fist-pumping pretty heavily. Yeah. He was like Tiger I 2000. think he would become a, a pretty lovable guy if he did win, but... He would, but you know, let's be honest. Joel's talking about getting the reps. I mean, yeah. he's got to get the reps uh, of, of Saturday reps. Yep. I yeah, mean, this, yeah. this he's got he two does. more rounds to overcome because, like you mentioned, he is kind of Mister Friday at Augusta. Yep. Uh, but no, he's a four-time tour winner. He's won a playoff event. Uh, certainly, had the Presidents Cup last year. Yes, nice yeah, yep, yep. And um, you know, actually, so I think we both we all are in greens. We like him more than Piercy, even though Piercy did have yeah, that runner-up at Oakmont. That's the first time we even mentioned. Yeah, we got to mention least. Scott Piercy. He's, he's a you know great ball striker. Yep. It's, not, it's not too surprising that he's up there, but uh, like you said, he was he was he walked off the course Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's crazy. Insane. The one thing too, just was from storylines, Ian Poulter winning the U.S. Open. <laughs> the guy he might plant. The British flag <laughs> on the 18th yes. green. Yes, they're running out, <laughs> right. and I can see him at the Ryder Cup just bringing right. the trophy to every yes. tee box. <laughs> right. Oh, he, and, he and Reed. I mean, it'd be a back and forth. Oh, it would be. Yeah, we Reed talk- wore the green jacket. Yep. Re- oh, it would be. It would be. That would be pretty yeah. epic, especially how far he's come from just over a year ago when he thought he lost his tour card. Uh, just some final odds here. Yeah. So Dustin's two to three. Rose eight to one. Fowler twelve to one, Stenson twelve to one, Kepka fourteen to one, Fleetwood sixteen to one. I that's think that's some sleeper stuff there. Jeez. Chucky Hoffman twenty five, and then you got Piercy and Poulter forty, and Leash forty. 
That's pretty good odds too. No, no Russell Henley. No Russell Henley. Eighty well, to one. Eighty no to one way. for Russell Henley. Wow. Oh, we didn't man. mention. But Georgia Bulldog. Yeah. No. No. That's respect. hey. I'd rather bet that than Dustin at two to three. That's yeah, sure. actually, that's not. Now you mean, give him credit. He had a, a really bad start. He had that what the triple or double at one point. Yeah, and, and yeah. yeah. Like he, he did battle. And battle he, back. He, he stayed the ship. So Norin, I didn't even see Norin. Sneaky. He is four over. Hundred yeah, to one there, but eight, yeah. eight shots back. That that is starting to get to an area where it's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. tough to make up. Right. All right. Well, anyway, guys, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we are very excited, obviously, for the weekend to see how it all unfolds here. The weather, again, should be great. And uh, I think we'll be back on Sunday night to kind of recap how everything went. So uh, please stay tuned for that. Thanks to Mike Miller again for joining us. We'll see more from him down the road, I'm sure. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. Thanks. Talk to you next time.